How do people feel about, I'm sorry, how do people feel about, I apologize? Well, it turns out that most research says that when when you say you're sorry to somebody or you apologize to somebody, 86% of all people don't believe you. Episode 189, why I'm sorry and I apologize, just don't cut it anymore. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Jason Jennings. Jason, great to be with you. Uh, Dale, it's great to be back with you. In fact, it's great to be back after uh, quite an adventure that I had. I was going to say, you are fresh off of a work vacation because you had two speeches, two different states, and you took a rental car and just soaked up all of that great Americana in between the two cities, correct? Uh, yeah, I did. I had this. Uh, I had a speech in Phoenix, and then uh, seven days later, one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, so rented a car and explored America's Southwest uh, along Route 66. So my uh, journey for those Americans who are listening uh, went uh, Phoenix, Flagstaff, Winslow, Lubbock, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Las Cruces. Tucson and Phoenix and uh, it, uh, along Route 66. It was just a, a great journey uh, and the speeches went extraordinarily well. And uh, so I'm back and I'm all set to go. And so when we talk about our podcast topic today of I'm sorry and I apologize and they just don't cut it. And I assume that that comes from some experiences you had on the road. All right. So uh, let me set the story up this way. Uh, a long time ago, when I was beginning my career, uh, I was in the Denver Stapleton Airport at that time and flights had been canceled. And I can't recall the circumstances, but everything was canceled and or postponed. I remember the long, long lines to get up to customer service. I'd been waiting for what seemed like hours. And finally, I was number two online. And so the man ahead of me walks up to the counter and he starts screaming uh, at the uh, at the person behind the counter. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And finally, and very calmly, they still had microphones behind the counters in those days. The woman picked up the microphone and spoke into the microphone and said, uh, could somebody help me out? I have a man here who doesn't know who he is. Does anybody know who he is? And that was and, and, and the guy withered and died on the spot so much for, do you know who I am? And that was the day I promised myself, um, I'm going to be an easy traveler in life. Uh, and I think I am last December passed through 10 million, uh, air miles, uh, probably somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 hotel nights, uh, in my career. And I'm the guy that just uh, shows up at the airport a couple of hours early. I go easy. I avoid any confrontation, even if one should take place. I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty cool because I, I know the confrontation and getting upset and getting angry gets you no place. So uh, here I am in, in Scottsdale, and I'm going to be staying at the uh, JW Marriott Camelback. It's $800 a night. And you might say, now, why in the world would you spend $800 a night? Because uh, my speech there was right next door. And the other hotel where the speech was going to be was sold out. And I just, I, I have a rule that I've got to be on site or right next door to where I'm going to be doing my speech. So 800 bucks a day, uh, would you agree that that's a lot of money, Dale? 
that is a lot of money for a lot of money, room, yeah. a lot of money, especially of- in in an Arizona. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of money. So um, I was I was actually kind of excited because I don't stay in many eight hundred dollar a night hotels. So I set a record at this hotel, and that is over uh, two nights and three days. I collected thirty six. I'm sorry's. And I apologize. And so let me set up the story. Uh, the hotel, uh, you check out at 11 a.m. and you check in at 4 o'clock. So I landed at about 1 o'clock at the Phoenix airport. And I thought, well, there's no sense in heading out to the hotel because I'm not going to be able to check in until 4 o'clock. So I, I used the time to ex- drive around Phoenix and Scottsdale and explore the area. And finally, at about uh, 10 to 4, uh, I looked at uh, my GPS and I thought, well, I'm about 10 or 15 minutes away from the hotel. Let's head there. So I get to the hotel at about five after four. And so I'm checking in and uh, I'm told uh, we had a very high number of check-ins today. And I'm sorry, we apologize, but your room is not ready yet. And I thought, you know what? This is just unacceptable. You're paying $800 a day for a room. They're going to kick your butt out at 11 o'clock in the morning. You're not going to get an extension. I really don't care about how many check-ins you had today. And then he said, so you'll just have to wait. I'm really sorry. I apologize. Uh, Give me your cell phone number and I'll call you when it's ready. So no offer to uh, wait in the bar. No offer to go in the dining room and have a nibble. uh, No offer of anything. Just, you know, you're cut loose. I'll call you when the room is ready. So so I heard, I'm sorry. I apologize a few times. And, And they say it with the sweetest smile and it's saccharine. And you just know they don't mean a word of it. So now I finally get to my room at about 6.30 or 7 o'clock and decide it's time to have a cocktail on the terrace because there was a beautiful, beautiful view of Camelback Mountain. And so as I was uh, driving, these are like casitas on a huge rambling property that spans miles. I had noticed that there were all of these sheltered ice machines in various locations. So I uh, walk out of the room and walk probably, I don't know, five or 10 minutes away with my ice bucket and I go to the ice machine and it's out of order. Uh, so I thought, well, how far could it be to another ice machine? Well, I don't know. It was another quarter mile, I suppose. Get to the ice machine, uh, out of order. And I thought, well, maybe third time is the charm. So I walk another quarter mile, half mile, whatever it is, go to the ice machine and the ice machine is out of order. And I'm thinking, so this is what you get for 800 bucks a day. So I trudge back to the room, and uh, now they've got a button on the phone called Service Express. Well, Dale, I'm here to tell you, when, when you call Service Express and it rings 40 times and nobody answers, it ain't Service Express. And if you've got to do that four or five times to finally get somebody on the telephone, it is not Service Express. So I explain my dilemma that I've walked the entire property None of the ice machines are working. And could I get some ice delivered to the room? I was told, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, uh, I'll get it there as soon as I can. So I wait a half hour, 45 minutes. I call back down to Service Express, uh, rinse and repeat. You go through the same thing, trying to get somebody on the telephone. She comes back on the telephone and I said, you know, this is Jason Jennings and Casita number, whatever it was. Uh, I walked the property looking for ice for 45 minutes. Now I've been waiting for more than an hour for ice. What's going on? And she said, well, I'm sorry. I apologize, but we can only afford to have one runner on at night. And there's seven requests for things from the runner before you. So it could be another hour or an hour and a half. 
half. I'm really sorry. I apologize. Well, this went on and on with uh, service in the dining room. This went on and on with uh, botch room service deliveries. And uh, so over two days, and, and I don't know if you're thinking that this is, sounds like a real first world problem, but I'll tell you what, at $800 a day, I was just getting miffed, miffed, miffed. And I couldn't believe how empty all of these I'm sorry's and I apologize were sounding. So I started to, uh, I, I got online and I started to do some research about how do people feel about I'm sorry, how do people feel about I apologize? Well, it turns out that m- most research says that when, when you say you're sorry to somebody or you apologize to somebody, 86% of all people don't believe you. And if you say it very warmly and effusively, an even higher number of people don't believe you. But I came across something fascinating um, in the Harvard Business Review, January 2018, a year ago. There was some fascinating research done by uh, a guy from Case Western University, uh, Jagdap Singh. And what he and his team obtained were hundreds of videos of airline passengers. Now, these were not play acting. These were not actors. Uh, these were actual videos of uh, airline passengers whose flights had gotten canceled, whose bags had gotten rooted wrong, or they were lost, or all the other things that could happen when you were flying. And so for months, they studied and analyzed these videos and these customer service interactions. And, and here's the conclusion that they came to. Uh, they concluded that people really don't care about getting an apology. They don't even want it. And, they, and even less so when it's delivered warmly. And they really don't care about what the solution is. What they care about is how the solution is arrived at. And Singh and his team said that to be successful, a customer interaction where there's a potential problem has to include three things. Uh, number one, he calls it sensing the ability to ask questions to understand the issue. So don't immediately launch in with, oh, I'm so sorry, I understand, I apologize. Ask some questions to understand the issue. That's the sensing part. Number two is seeking. And this is when the employee, the customer service person, brainstorms ways of fixing the problem, seeking. And then finally, number three is settling. And that's when the employee works with the customer to choose the solution that will provide the best outcome. And I looked at it and I went, this just makes absolutely perfect sense. And in any of those instances of this horrible customer service, in fact, I, I'll tell you, I would never return to that hotel under any circumstances again. And it's done long-term damage to my view of the brand as well. But in any of those, in, in any of those areas where I heard an empty, I'm sorry, or I apologize, if those three things had been done, everything could have been diffused. Sensing, asking questions to understand the issue, seeking, brainstorming a way of fixing the problem, and three, settling, when the employee works with the customer to choose the solution that will provide the best outcome. Uh, It left me uh, concluding this, that an apology must have a search for a solution associated with it, or it absolutely means nothing. So before I answer any questions you might have, um, steps for a business to take, um, I think you should probably be looking for people who can 
listen, this is nothing new to us. We've talked about this before. But if you're going to be frontline customer service, you have to be able to curiously listen, understandingly listen. And number two, you've got to train people to be problem solvers, not serial apologists. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you something. I came closer during this, this experience at this hotel to losing it and getting angry than I've ever come. And number three, you have to make certain that every worker knows the lifetime value of a customer. So because of all my research trips and because of all the speeches I do, I am spending on average uh, and have been doing so my entire career, 100 to 110, 115 nights a year in hotels. Uh, what does the average hotel go for? I guess 250, 300, 350 business hotels these days uh, where I would be staying. Where So my annual spend in a hotel, uh, in hotels, is probably thirty-five to $50,000 a year minimum. Um, you know, nobody who was saying, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm sorry, I apologize. I feel so bad, uh, has any idea of what the lifetime value of a customer is. So... You have to hire and train people to curiously listen, train people to be problem solvers, not serial apologists, and make certain that every worker knows the lifetime value of a customer, because I'll tell you what, I ain't going back to that place. Mm -hmm. So saying my conclusion, I guess, is saying you're sorry all the time diminishes your credibility. And because it's just not believed. And the more you say you're sorry or I apologize, the less meaning it has. Especially if you're working to create an exclusive brand. Yeah. Eight, charging eight, $800, eight, bucks, $800 yeah. a night. $800 a night? $800 a night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's role play this. Let's say that um, if I'm managing this hotel, I've hired a person and we have set our systems up so that anytime the express phone rings, that somebody in the hotel, it's going to ring all of the phones and somebody's yes. going to this phone up and they're going to, going to be equipped uh, to take these steps and, and create whatever experience that this customer needs within two rings. So uh, Mr. Jennings calls, I answer the phone. Hello, Mr. Jennings. How are you this, this evening? And I would say, uh, you know, I was doing pretty well. I've got a little bit of a problem here. Uh, I have been walking the property for the past 45 minutes uh, trying to get a bucket of ice. And uh, guess what? Uh, all three of the ice machines are out of order or not working. So I've trudged back to my room and I'm hopeful that you're going to be able to send me a bucket of ice. Ah, so our teams are working on that ice problem as we speak. Are you looking to cool off a bottle of champagne? What are you hoping to do tonight? Uh, actually, what I'm doing, what I'm hoping to do tonight is uh, I picked up two little bottles of gin in the airline and I bought a bottle of tonic. I'm hoping to have a gin and tonic and look at Camelback Mountain. And uh, you probably know that uh, I didn't get into my room for a couple of hours uh, because of you couldn't check me in. And now I've spent about an hour trying to find ice. And so I'm just, I'm really interested in getting some ice as quickly as possible. What's it going to take? Could I uh, invite you to an even better view? of Camelback, come down to our bar and we will serve you up gin and tonics and you can have whatever on the menu you'd like. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'm 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 not dressed. I, I've got a pair of shorts and a smudgy T-shirt on. I'd really rather stay in the room. And uh, you know, I'm paying eight hundred dollars a night for this hotel room. I'd love to sit on the balcony or the lanai and look at the view of Camelback. Uh, isn't there any way that you can get me a bucket of ice? We will have the ice to your room within fifteen minutes. Presto! What's your name again? You're great. <laughs> so I sensed I. Tried to find a brainstorm, yep. some ideas to help you and yes. settled on something that worked for you. Yep. And of course, had I been dressed in a pair of slacks and a shirt, I would have taken you up in the offer to, uh, uh, to go down to the cocktail lounge. Although I, I don't make it a habit of hanging around cocktail lounges. Uh, but, uh, but I would have taken you up on that if I was dressed. So I didn't say I'm sorry at all. The entire No, time. you didn't say you were sorry. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. Well, 86% of people find those words infuriating because they know the person saying them doesn't mean them. Uh, and that's it. But when you hear somebody wanting to understand, seek yes. first to understand, and the, the sensing aspects, and then looking, brainstorming ideas, you know that there is a sincere desire to, to help you out versus the insincere, yep. I'm sorry. So that's why those those three sense, seek, and settle uh, are so so important. And I will tell you that. Uh, um, so when I came across those words yesterday, I thought these are three words that'll never leave me uh, because I'm sure there's going to come a time in my life uh, when I'm going to have to apologize for something, and I will sense seek and settle. Uh, those words are never going to leave me. So uh, hats off to Dr. Singh and, uh, and his research. Uh, I felt like I got smarter yesterday coming across that study. And if you are in business, the idea of number one, hire people who can listen and then train people to be and equip. I'll add equip people to be problem solvers. How can you get the ice to the room in 15 minutes? And and help people know the lifetime value of a customer so they really understand what they're what they're working with and, and working on. In and, the- and, and let me add one other thing, Dale. Uh, I come across this frequently. Um, never let the paying public, never let your customers have a peek behind the curtains and know things that they have no right to know. When the woman said... Now, here's a hotel that's charging $800 a night for hundreds and hundreds of rooms, and and they're sold out. So we we know they're doing well financially. To be told, we can only afford to have one runner, and there are seven people who have requested tasks from this runner before you. It could be an hour, hour and a half to get a bucket of ice is absolutely a stupid thing to tell someone. Why should I ever have that knowledge that you can only afford to have one runner on to serve this huge, bustling, successful resort? Exactly. I mean, it, it, just, so, it just made it made me more furious. It made I me really, more furious. I really work to be an optimistic person, but my my pessimism is going to kick in for a split second here, five seconds, to say there was probably a manager sitting at a desk in a back office watching YouTube videos. That could have run ice just as easily. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and listen, uh, now, uh, the good news, and then I I, I guess we'll wrap this up, is uh, on that journey through America's Southwest, um, I also had an opportunity to stay in some incredible hotels 
where we spent a hundred, a hundred and twenty-five dollars a night. We stayed at a Ramada hotel. Uh, I think it was ninety or a hundred dollars a night in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And and you think Ramada, you think, wow, are, are there even Ramadas left? Uh, is that a throwback or what? It was just an incredible experience. And we stayed in a Best Western in Albuquerque for, I think, $100 a night with a great uh, breakfast included. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, so there's, so it, it was the juxtaposition of this great friendly service that you're getting at a hotel that charges $100, $125 a night. And... And whatever I received at this hotel charging $800 a night, I mean, it was a difference of night and day. So, uh, uh, so there are lots of good discoveries along the way as well. Mm, that's fantastic. Any final words for us? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I guess there is. And I, I guess it's been the very thrust of everything we talked about today. Look, actions speak a lot of the words. You can apologize over and over and over again. But if your actions don't change the words, the apology becomes absolutely meaningless. So you received a pretty cool email. Last night. Speak louder than words. Last Uh, night I got this. I wanted you to see it. And I'm reading through it right now. Do you mean to share it with the listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you received this note after um, you spoke in Arizona. So obviously the hotel experience had zero impact on on what happened on nope. stage. Yes. Uh, let's see. This email came in from, and I can use names. Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. So Judson Ivy is the CEO of the company. And he said, Jason Jennings is a wonderfully dynamic speaker. The farthest thing from a cookie cutter presenter, Jason took great care and time to understand exactly where we were as an organization where we are looking to go. He crafted a custom, powerful, and engaging presentation that delivered actionable insights and energizing inspirations. Message crafting and storytelling are fine arts. Jason is a master of both. How did that make you feel? Oh, listen, I was on cloud nine. It came in last evening and uh, it was past the time when I would probably check emails and I glanced down, I looked at it and I remembered the event and I remember the people and I remember our wonderful work together. And, and, you know, it's just that who doesn't like to have a little bit of validation as you go through life, but there's some validation for the podcast too. Now, uh, did I send you the letter I received uh, from Chile uh, yesterday as well? Yes. Yeah. I've got it here as well. I I want you to read this one and and then we'll wrap it up. This is really, really cool. So I was fortunate to participate in the keynote given in Bogota for the company and we're going to not give the name. I liked it so much that I decided to subscribe to the podcast, but I realized that I had to start from the first chapter, (laughs) the very first episode. And finally, I finished listening to them all. I recommend telling subscribers to start from the first one or going back uh, from time to time, like reading the books. Now I have my consulting company for the travel industry. I also do keynote on market trends and digital transformation. This emails to thank you for all the advice you give, not only for job issues, but also how to deal with life. Best regards, Mauricio. Mauricio. Uh, you know, how, how does that make you feel? I mean, that there's somebody, I, I get these little things all the time from people who are flying 14 hours on airplanes and, uh, and binge listening to the podcasts, but you understand which number of podcasts this is, don't you? 
Yeah, we're 189. And we've wow. been doing this since 2013. Wow. It's uh, it's absolutely amazing. And so hats off to Mauricio, and uh, who did it the right way. Discovered the podcast, signed up, and then decided he better start at the beginning and went back to number one. They're all available on the website, free of charge. I mean, we do it as a labor of love. Absolutely. So, Jason, thank you for that. Uh, congratulations on some... Work well done over the last couple of weeks. I look forward to hearing about uh, some more of the stories from the road in our future conversations. And uh, I'll let uh, folks know that the best thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast. It's super easy to do. Jason-Jennings.com slash iTunes. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcast listening app. While you are there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. It makes it easier to find for folks like Mauricio and others who are looking for this type of content. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company you can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website at jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.